Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. What's up, kinfolk? Welcome to the number one ranked show presented by DirecTV Stream. I'm RJ Young. I am not on a step mill. If you are watching on the YouTube, please hit the subscribe button. So we've been slacking on that. We need to get those numbers going up. I got those rookie numbers, buddy. We got to get those up. I I watched the college football playoff selection show. You watched the college football playoff selection show. I got things to say about these rankings, all right? All right? Usa. 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 All right, number one. Hey, we all agree on this. We all, hey, positives. I'm always told, hey, RJ, start with yes. Yes, we all agree. Number one, Georgia. Yeah. All right, so the thing for Georgia on this is there's only been one other team that started out in these initial college football playoff selection committee rankings that also finished with the national championship trophy, and it was last year. 2020, Alabama ran the table 13-0, all-SEC schedule, destroyed Notre Dame, destroyed Ohio State, raised the college football playoff national championship trophy. They're trying to become the second team to accomplish that feat and the second in as many years. We all know that Georgia is a juggernaut on defense. We get it. Jordan Davis, I think, ought to get an invitation to the Heisman ceremony, if not win it. But, you know, I don't think that the Heisman Trophy got enough courage to give a defensive player the Heisman Trophy. But, you know what, if you think that's a challenge, that's because it is. Now, the thing that Georgia needs to guard against is, is, quite honestly, passing game, right? They got four tailbacks that can start for anybody. James Cook, Samir White's averaging 5.2 yards per carry. He's got over 500 rush yards in the first eight games of the season. We know what Kendall Milton is. We know what Kenny McIntosh is. It's Stetson Bennett that we still have questions about. He's not thrown for 300 yards this season. Hasn't had to, though. That's kind of the point, right? 12 TDs, 4 INTs. Did not start the season as the number one at quarterback. JT Daniels gets hurt again. And Stetson Bennett does what Kirby Smart likes, which is straight up, hey, I just want a dude that ain't going to turn the ball over. I want a guy that's going to manage the game. They look very 2009-2011 Alabama. They're not going to be flashy with their offense, though they could be, and that's kind of the point. If they get George Pickens back, they get Dominique Blaylock back, they get, my goodness, they, they could have an outstanding passing attack if they so chose. And you know what? They might actually have to do that because if you take a look at the teams that they've beaten and how they've beaten them, you could make an argument that all anybody has to do is open the door, but who's going to open the door against a defense that's given up 6.6 yards, or yards, points per game? 53 points total all year. That's as many as anybody has scored uh, at, 
altogether on Georgia. I mean, Oklahoma had 52 last year, but we'll get to them in here in just a second. So Georgia at number one. At number two, we already got problems. We got problems, all right? Alabama at number two. Okay, here's the argument for Alabama. They've beaten good teams, and they beat them badly. As a matter of fact, I was writing this down. They have like five wins against 500 competition or better, which is not a small thing. They beat the tar out of an Ole Miss team that we all thought was good. And you know what? Still looks good enough, right? They also are in a position now where Nick Saban gets the benefit of the doubt. As I see this, with one loss, Alabama's brand got ranked number two. Not the football team, all right? I think they're good. But since winning isn't winning for them, though. Like, it's just, why are we playing football games if winning doesn't matter? This is a theme that you're going to see throughout the rest of the show. I believe that winning has to matter. It doesn't matter if you win by an inch or by a mile. Winning's winning. But apparently, not to the suits at Gaylord Texan in a boardroom that ain't playing the game. All right? I got, I, got, I got another thing that I need to get to later on. But Alabama at two. I got a problem with that. But you know what? You went out. You beat Georgia. You're in the playoff, right? But at this rate, that's exactly what it feels like is going to happen. Because if anybody can unlock Georgia, it's going to be Alabama. If Alabama loses, then we have a whole different conversation. At number three, we got Michigan State. I don't have a problem with this at all, right? I really enjoy this. Kenneth Walker III is having a Heisman Trophy caliber season. It's about whether or not he can finish. There's a big if at the end of their schedule against an Ohio State where they need to show out to prove to everybody that they're that good. The K-9 is that dude, right? He's already got over 1,100 yards rushing this season. Had a monster signature game against a formerly undefeated Michigan team, which we'll talk about here in a little bit. And the defense is good enough. They're not great, but I like Scotty Hazleton. Scotty Hazleton, defensive coordinator, that's the dude that helped Kansas State beat Oklahoma when Jalen Hurts was the quarterback, and they made it to the college football playoff. They're good, right? I love my man X. Like, Xavier Henderson is that dude, right? They had a couple of guys on the outside that I really enjoyed too. If Peyton Thorne doesn't turn the ball over, Michigan State could be in line to play for its first national championship since 1966. Like, they're, they're that good. And, hey, keep that in mind as we go into Saturday because i got a little treat for y'all that you're going to want to hear about just a little bit later on. I want to spoil it right quick. Number four, we got Oregon. Thank goodness we got Oregon at number four here, though I'm not a fan of one-loss teams being ranked inside the top four, as you very much know. But that's how big the brand of Ohio State is, all right? That's what we've learned here. Alabama and Ohio State, they get the benefit of the doubt. Matter of fact, the only team outside of the top four at the initial rankings period of the college football playoff to win a national championship is, of course, 2014 Ohio State. If you beat them, it's not just a signature win for you. It's one in which the committee just says, hey, we value Ohio State more than we value almost everybody else. And I'm glad to know that walking into hostile territory that is the shoe without the best player in the country to some and Kayvon Thibodeau and then putting up 35 on Ohio State to win by a touchdown matters because if it didn't, I was going to point to this protocol that says head-to-head if it occurs, and it most definitely did occur, has to matter because winning has to matter. That's a problem for me in that we're going to keep talking about this winning thing. has to matter. All right, so that's our top four right now. So playoff ended today. We have Georgia versus Oregon. All right, fine. Then we'd have Alabama versus Michigan State. All right, fine, right? But 
the two one-loss teams in the top four bug me. And then at number five, the Ohio State Buckeyes, who I need to correct myself from Saturday, have beaten three teams with winning records, right? Penn State, Maryland, Minnesota. Minnesota, though, who we'll talk about here in a little bit, they lost to a money-in-the-bag victor. What are we doing? They don't even have their top three tailbacks now. What are we doing? All right. Ohio State has gotten better defensively. One with the change in play caller from Kerry Combs, who absolutely is still coaching his butt off, and I applaud the way that he has taken this. And Matt Barnes, who I really just want to hear talking to Matt Barnes on all the smoke because that's just that's a Venn diagram of me. But they've been pretty good defensively. But against who? We don't trust that Penn State offense. And Sean Clifford went for over 300 against them. You going to tell me that a good win is Tulsa? I went to Tulsa. I know what Tulsa is. I watched them lose the Navy the last week, baby. No. Don't put Tulsa up in this conversation. All right? You're telling me that you just like Ohio State's recruiting. You like their quarterback, CJ Stroud. I like him. But you also like Travion Henderson. And this is where we get into a bold prediction for me. Travion Henderson will finish the season as a Heisman Trophy finalist. 105 carries this season, over 800-plus yards. The man is absolutely a walking first down. Now, many of you who have been fans of this show, fans of this channel since the way back, remember, I have been riding the Travion Henderson train for two straight years. And now that the man is on broadcast television, we got a lot of people trying to get on the train late. Sorry, it left out of Hopewell, Virginia, when his huddle film is an 11-minute highlight of house calls. That dude is different. I said at the time, Christian McCaffrey, Zeke, these are dudes you need to put him in the same conversation with. He was like, I don't know, RJ. They got Master Teague. I don't know, RJ. They got Maya Williams. I don't know, RJ. Steel Chamber was good enough to play back there, but they moved to the other side of the ball. Yo, man, I tried to tell y'all, this dude with the V is a victor. And anytime you hand him the ball, he has an opportunity to go make a house call, okay? That's what that dude is. If you give him an opportunity, he's going to hurt you. As a matter of fact, just ask Ryan Day, who kept feeding him the rock against Penn State, and then the man went for 68, and then eventually punched in for 71 rush yards on one drive. You can't hold him. You can only hope to contain him. Now, outside of that, they legit got four tackles playing on the offensive line. It's stupid over there, man. Like, I, got, I get a good kick out of watching that offensive line because one of the things I asked Ryan Day about way back, right, after they got their first win of the season against Minnesota, was what is it like to know that you have that kind of talent on your offensive line? Did you have tackles that you could move inside to play guard? And they were still figuring it out, obviously. But now it seems like they have figured it out. Now, Penn State's defense, Brent Pry, they need to get a little bit more love, I think, because when they got it, they got it, right? And if you can run on them, you can run on anybody. They're going to have to because Michigan Michigan State later in the season, they're running teams. They're going to want to take advantage of that. All right. I don't like Ohio State at five, but you know me. I like winning. I think winning ought to matter. But they're at five. Playoff committee gives them an opportunity to make the college football playoff should they win out, win the Big Ten championship. And Oregon, Michigan State, well, I mean, to beat Michigan State, they take that spot, right? All right. Number six, a dubious honor 
The highest ranked group of five team in CFP history is now Cincinnati. Who is the AP number two? Like, why are we even doing this? Right? I'm not a Cincinnati fan. You know this. You know that I'm not in on the Des Ritter train. I'm not there. It's not that Luke Fickle is an outstanding coach because he is. He's an amazing coach. It's that they're undefeated. They beat a team that the playoff committee ranked number 10 on the road in a hostile environment. And the best you could do for an undefeated Cincinnati is six. Get out of my face. And this is the thing. Like when I made my prediction of what the playoff committee was going to do, I didn't even consider Cincinnati as a top four team because I knew that they wouldn't. They don't want to give no respect to teams outside the power five. I don't like living in that world, but apparently that's the one they want to live in. So you got Cincinnati at number six. And then at number seven, Michigan just lost to Michigan State. What are we doing? What are we doing? They lost the game they were up by 16 in in the second half. And they lost it by four. They were up 30 to 14 and lost 37 to 33. What are we doing? It's a one-loss team who has not beaten a single ranked opponent. What are we doing? All right. Number eight. Total disrespect of my Oklahoma Sooners. Now, I'm going to go ahead and get this one started with what I think is a positive. Because it goes into my second bold prediction of the night. Oklahoma is going to end this regular season this postseason, the Big 12 championship game, undefeated for the first time since 2004. Lincoln Riley legitimately made a quarterback change in a game that absolutely positively matters to everybody in Oklahoma. Going from a starter who's 15-2 and won you a sugar, or excuse me, won you a cotton bowl to a true freshman who had proved zero, nothing, nada. And then went and got a W with that dude. Clawed out from a 10-0 halftime deficit against Kansas and got a W with that dude. This team is 9-0 for the first time since I was in high school. I was 17 years old. The last time Oklahoma was 9-0. I'm a homeowner now. I got advanced degrees. I went to grad school for a PhD. This is how long it's been. And the best that the playoff committee can do is rank this team number eight. I'm emotional about this stuff, man, because it, 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 it matters to me. It probably matters a little too much to me if I'm being quite honest about it. Because I don't look at winning a national championship as, oh, well, it's nice if you do. I didn't grow up in an era where making the Rose Bowl or making the Cotton Bowl was considered a really great thing. I grew up in an era when I watched Florida State win national championships. I watched Oklahoma compete and win for a national championship. I watched USC run roughshod over people for it felt like ever, but it was really like four years. I watched Vince Young do the doggone thing in the Rose Bowl against what I thought was the best college football team I'd ever seen. I've seen 2018 Clemson. I've seen 2019 LSU. And you're going to tell me, hey, RJ, they ain't beat nobody. They beat everybody that they played. 
If I'm a kid at Oklahoma, if I'm a kid at Cincinnati, and I see these rankings, I have to go and ask the suits, what is it that I personally have to do to it to get your respect? Because I am doing every single thing in my power to meet the criteria to play for a national championship. And the only thing in their power is winning. And that team has done just that. And yet you put a Michigan team who lost last week and ain't beat nobody worth a doggone, who happens to have the good grace and privilege to play in the deepest division in football today, ahead of the six-time defending Big 12 champion and four-time college football playoff participant. Now, I'm telling you, Lincoln, Link, 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 Lincoln, this me to you right here, like everybody else up. Leave no doubt. Okay, I need you to be on your Dexter right now. You know, I'm talking about stun on these on these fools. Like that's what I need you to do, right? This is disrespect. This is this is the most blatant disrespect that I've ever seen of Oklahoma, the team that won 47 straight, the team that's got as many Heisman Trophy winners as national championships, put number one overall picks in the draft. The last three out of four years, like two out of three years. I'm saying, if I'm Lincoln, I tell my team, this is what they think of you. This is what they think of you. And now you know what you must do. You must scorch the earth. Now, jump ahead a little bit here because Wake Forest number nine, I got the same argument, you know, for, for them that I have of Oklahoma, which is to say, hey, there's nothing more that they can do. They're undefeated. But then you get 11 and 12. You got Oklahoma State, Baylor, which means that both Oklahoma State and Baylor have a road to the college football playoff, quite honestly, right? It's a much narrower window, but they got a road because they got Oklahoma left to play. Oklahoma also can get these two top 12 wins, according to the playoff selection committee, that would help bolster their case. But they still need Ohio State or Michigan State, which is going to happen to lose, but you really need more Michigan State. Well, you need more Ohio State than Michigan State because two losses, they're not getting in, right? Oregon, all they got to do is keep doing what they're doing. And then Alabama, they got to knock off the number one team in the country. So there's a road there. But when I was talking about how great Oklahoma State was till they took that L, everybody else told me that I was crazy, that I'm trolling with my rankings. And I submit to you Alabama at number two. But then it gets interesting for me because 13, 14, 15, I can make an argument none of those teams are supposed to be there, but Texas A&M has the best win of anybody in football today, right? They beat the number two team in the country. That's why they're there. You have an Auburn team that still has an opportunity to win the SEC West. All they got to do is beat, you know, A&M this weekend. And then they get Alabama in the Iron Bowl. Okay. BYU, I think, is fine considering what they have done with the rest of their rankings. They beat the Power 5 teams. They beat teams I respect. I watched them play against Virginia late at night. That was outstanding. I don't know if they're still going to be able to do that with Algier and the way that he went out of that game. But you lost Jaron Hall. He came back. You still are a good football team. Kalani Sataki's out there doing a job. They could finish inside the top 10. Ole Miss is all about Matt Corral and what he can do and whether or not he can keep people from scoring. Mississippi State is there because they beat to A&M. Full stop. Because A&M beat Alabama. Otherwise, I'm looking at you going three-loss team. What are you doing here? And then Kentucky... Oh, God, Lee, what is, what is Kentucky doing? 
here. All right. I want to jump to 20 and 21. I want to jump 20 and 21 because Minnesota, Wisconsin. Minnesota got beat by Ohio State and Bowling Green. They don't have their top three tailbacks left. It's got to be the Tanner Morgan show. I don't know if they're that good to come out of the Big Ten West, but we'll see. And then Wisconsin, who have they beaten? Miami Elite! What are we what are we ranking five and three Wisconsin off of? Like, what are we doing here? I'm not I'm I I watched him against Notre Dame. Okay? I watched Graham Mertz. He is not the dude that we thought he was going to be. He hasn't been all year. So you're gonna have to tell me straight up and down what you see in Wisconsin at three losses that makes them a top 21 team. Iowa. Who knows if they know who they are anymore? Because since getting beat down by Purdue, they have lost their way, baby. I don't know what we were looking at last week when they got beat 27-7 by this Wisconsin team. Like, I just, I don't, I don't get it. I don't get it. Fresno State, fine, whatever. I'm okay with it. You know, they got a good win against San Diego State, who they ranked, who's got one loss. And then Pittsburgh, who beat Clemson, which tells you how much people value beating Clemson. But Clemson ain't here, and I'm grateful for that because then we would have more to do. But here's my issue. There is an undefeated team at 8-0 who is not in these rankings. You know what it is? Hmm. University of Texas San Antonio. I did not expect to be here standing for Jeff Trailer. And the Roadrunners, who are two minutes old in football. I did not expect to be here saying, yo, it matters that you didn't even rank UTSA. Because they should have the best opportunity to make a New Year's Six Bowl outside of Cincinnati. Because they would be undefeated. Now they get El Paso this weekend, and we'll see how that goes. But they don't have anybody on their schedule that's going to impress you. All those kids can do is win football games. That's all they can do, all right? It's kind of like what I'm talking about with Alabama and that the brand got you here. And you need to thank Nick Saban for all that he has done since 2007 to get you here off of one loss in your first eight games. But I also put it this way. This is my third bold prediction. Alabama's going to come out ahead in the Arch Manny sweepstakes. The reason I say that is because if you take a look at the overall picture of where he went, Clemson, Ole Miss, Alabama, right, Texas, so forth, so on, they have a ready-made way to get that dude 100% indoor starting winning ass championship number one overall draft pick, and they can do it with the least amount of fuss. I think there's a reason why we're not really talking about Louisiana State as an Arch Manning property. A, Ed Orgeron is on his way out, and you don't know who's on their way in. B, it speaks volumes to me that none of the Manning brothers went to LSU, though they went to high school and grew up in New Orleans. I cannot stress to you how big a deal that is. Odell Beckham went to the same high school and ended up at LSU. You know what I'm saying, right? It matters. They're thinking this thing through. I think if Alabama is able to get to the SEC championship game and beat Georgia. If you're 2023, six foot four, Arch Manning, you have to go and say, what's the bad option here? Okay, 
can make an argument about Ole Miss. Can even make an argument about Clemson if I'm so inclined. I can make a great argument about Texas. But what's the only guaranteed option here? It's Alabama. If you want to go to a place where they are putting you into the NFL in the first round, where you are developed three, four, or even five years into the program, you got to look over there. Look at Matt Jones, who knew that he was coming in behind Tua Tagovailoa, sat there for a little while. We thought that Bryce Young was going to take his job. He said no. And Mac Jones led Alabama to a national championship. Jacob Coker has led Alabama to a national championship, all right? Outside of perhaps Georgia, Alabama's the only place that I trust. And if you're arch, you want to throw the ball around a little bit. That ain't, that ain't what they into over there in Athens. No, that's not, that's not Kirby Smart's brand. Even as he brought in Todd Munkin to try to get some of that vertical attack, nah, we still want to run the ball and play defense. Nick Saban has pivoted. He has said, nah, I want to put 50 up on people too. So if you're Arch Manning, I say you got to look at Alabama and you got to look hard to Alabama. But the two teams in the SEC championship game, those are the ones that I would bet on him picking. And, and one of those is just not like the others. Outside of that, UTSA fans, all three of you, you have my heart. Wake Forest fans, all 12 of you, you have my heart. Oklahoma fans are legion. And I hope you're as mad as I am because I don't know what else you could do here. Like, Oklahoma's been a one-loss team ranked higher in the poll than they are right now. And I keep going on about this. But I think I made the points that I wanted to make. I think I worked it out. We had a woo-saw moment. I appreciate you staying with me. All right. That is going to do it for this episode of the number one ranked show. Thank you to our sponsor, DirecTV Stream. Our lead producer is Catherine Donnelly. Our director is John Marcus. Our social media manager is Javion Duncan. Niles Owens is on the switches most of the time. Our executive producer is Kristen Hurley. He, that is it for me. Doses. <laughs>